0: Hi, it's Neil here with the Tutor Podcast, talking uncommon sense about how to start, grow, and love your tutoring, teaching, and coaching business. Now, one of the things that I do as a guitar teacher is to try to get people back to the state of creativity that they had when they were very small, because I've never seen an uncreative child. All kids are basically creative geniuses and some of the stuff they come up with is fantastic. So what happens to that when you get to be a grown-up, when you've been through the state system? Well, of all the things the state's education system has to be good at, I guess top of the list has got to be imposing conformity rather than to educate, to socialise. A big part of that has to be suppressing new ideas and discouraging critical thinking. It's really all about defining the hoop and then testing how good at jumping through the hoop the child is. No wonder governments are such big fans of education. But when you impose conformity and suppress new ideas, you have to inevitably kill imagination and and murder the idea of play when the right way to do something is dogmatically enforced and examined for, and when non-compliance is punished. Is it any surprise that children shut themselves down to avoid negative consequences? That's what schools do to kids. An American study found that 98% of preschoolers describe themselves as highly creative. And that's exactly what you'd expect. Just watch a bunch of kids for any length of time. They have no limits on their play or their imaginations. But then put the little kids into the sausage machine of school and watch their creativity die down, down and down until there's nothing left except for a faint glow of the last spark. When that school survey system finally released the cohort of children, the percentage described themselves as highly created had dropped to the floor. It had plummeted to a miserable 5%. That's not good. What's worse though, is that the majority of the now uncreative kids had a paper trail of documents, reports, and exam certificates to prove categorically and absolutely that they weren't creative. But they were compliant. And with such undeniable evidence and a negative belief about themselves, what is the chance of them getting back to doing anything creative? Now I see a lot of this legacy of the education system in my work. And I work my ass off to rekindle that last tiny spark of creativity and individualism, to really nurture the little tiny last vestige of the child and the creativity or soul, if you like, that the state system couldn't get to and murder. So time after time, guitar students and coaching clients tell me they're not the creative type. They tell me they've never written or created anything, not since they were kids when they were drawing and writing and making stories up and having imaginary friends all over the place. Obviously, I'm not going to accept that. So I'm always encouraging them to make lots of mistakes so they can eliminate the sounds they don't want, the ideas they don't need. Starting very broad and getting narrow like a funnel that's bringing them towards what they really want. I'd say really that we play a lot of games. We laugh hard and keep chipping away at the defensive wall around the last spark. So today I want to share my favourite game with you guys to get playfulness and creativity back on the menu for your students or your coaching clients. It's called What's in the Box? And it came from Patricia Ryan Madsen of Stanford University. She taught improv to packed classes for years, and it's one of her best games. You've got to forgive me for not calling it an exercise. And we're supposed to be having fun here, so it's a game, right? So I ask my student to close their eyes. Then I tell them I'm handing them a small box with a lid on it. There's always something in the box, I tell them. It could be a microbe, a car cloud, perhaps another universe or a different dimension I don't know, but there's always something in the box now open the box tell me what's inside a cat, they say or perhaps a a raw time bathtub a pair of scuba fins what they find in the box is they made the subject of a song, a lyric, a story, a poem and they just created it out of thin air Now, it's not bad for an uncreative person, is it? See, as soon as the box is passed and then opened, the student's got something to work with. It's the seed of an idea built on the presupposition that there's something in the box at all times. Now, often they're reluctant to say anything about what's in the box, but you can always encourage them. So, tell me more about it, I'll say. What colour is it? I'll ask. If they're having trouble getting started. Where did it come from? What's the secret it's hiding? And the question. And what else? It's a great one to ask. I usually soften it so it doesn't sound like an interrogation. By saying something like. I'm really curious. Or that's really interesting. So. That's really interesting. What else is there about it? It's very hard to hold back when your audience is leaning in and saying, wow, that's fascinating. What else can you tell about it? Now, the more physical attributes they can conjure, weight, smell, colour, movement, sound, texture, location, temperature, and so on, the more vivid the thing in the box becomes. My job is to help them play with the contents of the box. Throw ideas backwards and forwards until the student's capable of looking after the process all by themselves. And they begin to be more creative again. I've lost count of the number of students who've discovered a story in the box, a song lyric, a joke, a mystery, a puzzle. The number of students who finally get it, that there's always something in the box, that they were actually highly creative all the time and they could enjoy playing this imagination game any time they wanted to. And who ultimately could cheerfully ask themselves, what's in the box? So here I am. I'm handing you the box. Open it up and tell me. What's in the box right now? Let me know what's in your box. It's info at neilcamado.com because I'm really curious to hear what you find. Follow me on Twitter, guys, where I am at Tudor Podcast and hit the subscribe button for the Tudor Podcast and you'll automatically get the latest updates as soon as they're live. That about wraps it up for today. So join me next time. We're here on the Tudor Podcast. It's all about how to start, grow, and most of all, love your tutoring business. Have a fabulous day.